the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starks. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. Well, hello everybody, welcome to the Todd Starks Radio Program. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, wow, what a mess. What a mess. Did you watch, did you watch that that press conference last night, we've got we've got some inside intel that I'm going to share with you. But I, I want you to, I was trying to figure out a way last night. I'm thinking all of this through. And how do we put all of this into perspective? Now, many of you may remember the, uh, the presidency of George H.W. Bush and one Dan Quayle. And the people who are out there saying that Joe Biden is a man of sound mind and body are the same people who said Dan Quayle was not qualified to be president of the United States because he could not spell the word potato. So I just we I want this we we have to put all of this into perspective. And the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, we have a senile old man who drools into his porridge as the leader of the free world. I mean, it really is that simple. And it's it's not a surprise. What you saw last night, and understand this, I know people are, are praising the media. Finally, the media is waking up. No, the media is not waking up. They've been woke all along. What happened last night was a professional political hit job. That's what happened last night. Now, there have been some rumblings behind the scene that Joe Biden was actually ready to throw in the towel. And by the way, that's why the press conference was delayed. Uh, it was uh, supposed to be, what, at uh, 745? And it was about 20, 30 minutes after that that Biden was um, was uh, able to get out there and address the um, the nation. But a lot of people thought, and there was a lot of speculation, that Biden was throwing in the towel. But you need to understand, there are powerful forces at work here. And Mrs. Biden, Dr. Mrs. First Lady Jill Biden, plays a very significant role in that White House. Going back, if you're going back into history, remember Woodrow Wilson uh, back in the day when he had a, uh, he suffered a stroke. And for the better part of his presidency, it was the Mrs. who was actually running the White House. And the same thing is happening here to some extent. So keep in mind that Mrs. Dr. First Lady Jill Biden, she's the one who wants the power. She craves the attention. She wants the servants. She she gets off on all of that stuff. And the husband and look, 
you have to go back and understand their relationship, right? I mean, she you can you can use the term homewrecker if you want, but the relationship the relationship and how it all started between Joe Biden and Jill is not a is not a happy Hallmark movie. It's more of a lifetime Valentine's Day movie. There's some really it's really creepy. So the whole family's been messed up for a very long time. And all you have to do is read through Ashley Biden's diaries and, and you get a pretty good sense of that. I mean, just ask yourself, just sit back and you're you're eating your lunch right now and you're about to take a sip of a delicious Milo sweet tea and ask yourself the following question. Do you know anybody in the immediate family that would take a shower with their daughter? Do you know anybody like that? So it's a creepy family. All right. It's just, they're just weird people and they're mean, but I'm telling you, there's something in Washington, DC, that's a whole heck of a lot meaner. And that is the deep state. So let me explain what happened last night. There, there have been talks behind the scenes for quite some time now, urging Joe to step aside, to let somebody else step in. Who that person is is up for speculation. A lot of people think it's going to be and thought it was going to be Gavin Newsom. If that's the case, I don't think Newsom is a presidential contender. I don't I don't think he's and I don't believe he's going to be the choice of of the Democrats for for reasons I put up before. Uh number 1, he's a white guy. Number 2, he's um he's straight, he's heterosexual. Uh number 3, he's a, he's a wealthy man. Number 4, he's white. No, I know I mentioned that Dylan already. Thank you, but it's that's huge. He's a white guy. Oh, and he is a citizen of America, by the way. So those are factors that work against him. Oh, he also knows his pronouns. That's another huge blow. So I, 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 that's why I believe it is going to be Michelle Obama. And I think it almost has to be. And I wouldn't be surprised. And hear me on this. I, I know this is going to sound outrageous, but just hear me on this. If the Democrats really wanted to get out the vote, they would have an Obama-Clinton ticket, all-female ticket. DNC babes. That's seriously. that. I know it's a lot of polyester. I get it. I It's a lot of pantsuits. I know. I know. It's a lot of testosterone. I get it. But I, I think that may be the winning ticket for the Democrats. I'm telling you, it would energize the Democrat Party base. Will it get out the vote? I don't think so. I think Trump's got this. But I'm just telling you, don't be surprised. That's all I'm going to say about that. Don't be surprised. But what happened last night, and I want to get your thoughts on this, um, and it is also Open Line Friday, but for the first hour, I want us to focus on this. What's the play? Biden stepped down. You get Kamala Harris. Let's get real for a second. He's more mentally competent than she is. And and quite frankly, the her behavior, it does lead to the question, what did she have to do to get to where she is today? Because I don't think it was on intellect. I'm just asking. I'm not no, 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 no. I'm not going down that road. I said, what did she have to do? Not who did she have to do? What did she have to do to get to where she wanted?
to be. <laughs> I'm just asking questions here. I'm not making any insinuations. I'm not hurling accusations. I'm just asking. Because right now, you can have the, um, what was the little toy when we were children? And it was the round toy, and it had the little pull thing on it, and it uh, it would go around and around, and uh, it would uh, it would land on the cow. This is a cow. A cow goes boo. I don't think I don't think Kamala could make it through that. I, I don't I don't think she's got the mental capacity. So so again, our number nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. That's nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. So here's what happened last night. There's been a lot of people trying to get Biden to step aside and be a statesman. But Mrs. Biden doesn't want that to happen. She's the one calling the shots here, at least within the immediacy of the family. So they knew they knew that the special counsel was was going to hit Biden and hit Biden hard. And that's exactly what the special counsel did, putting out the statement. I mean, these are shocking allegations. I mean, we all know them to be true, and we've all known this to be the case. But to actually see it in official writing and an official court document that we have a man of diminished capacity in the Oval Office, it still it, it takes your breath away, right? So, again, I, I just don't know. Why people seem to be shocked by what happened last night. So for what it's worth, he would not go. And so now they're having to force him out. They were using Hunter, but even Hunter, I think, would have been a sacrificial lamb. He's the, well, he's the black sheep of the family. So they realized Hunter's expendable. He's going to go off on another bender anyway. So they were still trying to figure out how do we, how do we do this? And they figured out a pretty brutal way. I mean, this is brutal. To come in out there and just lay it all out there that the man can't even remember when his kid died. And we the, he, he can't even remember how his son died. He thinks his son was like a World War II hero that died in Vietnam. It's pathetic. And I know a lot of you out there are, are saying, well... You know, the reality is that it's all it's all fake. It's Biden is not he he's not a mental case. He's just faking it all. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think you can make up that level of incompetence. I really don't. If he was a Republican, okay, I could probably buy that argument. But not Biden. So he has this press conference and you know it was it was hastily arranged and you never want to send this guy out after dark because that's it. I mean, he is out. He can put in a couple of hours work and then it's nap time. Give him the pudding. And uh, the guy comes out there and you could tell right away he was like glued to the teleprompter. Then he steps away and all you know what breaks loose. And he starts, I, I'm just telling you, it was it was not good. Kelly McEnany from over at, at Fox, I think, had an adequate description of what we saw on the TV screen last night. We just saw an unmitigated disaster play out before our very eyes. We just watched a wounded political animal hobble to a podium and react with defensiveness, with anger, 
And you know it's bad, Jesse, when you have the White House press corps. They are essentially an extension of the Joe Biden press and communications team. When they are shouting at him, asking repeatedly, are you going to step aside, Mr. President? The CNN correspondent asking that. When NBC, NBC of all places, writes a headline, a nightmare special counsel report triggers panic among Democrats. And when you have a president who for 45 minutes announces a press conference with no topic, giving the world 45 minutes to speculate, is he stepping aside? What would life be like under a President Kamala Harris? For 45 minutes, the nation got to feel that panic, and I don't think they will forget it come November. Yeah, um, I don't think they're going to be able to get to November. I I really don't. I I saw a president last night that was, it's over. It's over. And so the point of last night was to take out the president. That's, That's all that was. The report came out, and it was interesting. I was watching CNN's coverage. Man, what a terrible network. All those people. Oh, my. Anyway, I'm watching CNN, and they're saying, well, the worst thing that Biden could do is come out there and be angry. You know, if, if he comes out there and he's angry, then uh, he's um, it, it's going to be over for him. Cut number uh, seven. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending Our Lady of what? friends and family and the people who loved him. Our, he forgot the name of the rose. Our Lady of what? What is he talking about there? Turns around, he, he, he somehow seems to think that, that Mexico shares a border with Gaza. Got five. Conduct of the response in, Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been... Um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. So I'm, I'm watching CNN respond to this, and they've got Jeffrey Tubin, CNN's master debater, and he's out there and he's saying, uh, Mexico, 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 what? It's, I, 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 I'm, hard, I, I'm agreeing with Tubin. I'm like, yes. Just keep your hands on the table, sir. Just keep your hands on the table. Thank you. So I'm. <sighs> I'm telling you that last night was a hit job. It was kind of like a godfather taking out the the other godfathers. So you say, okay, well, who's running the show? Who's really behind all of this? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we went back into the Todd Stearns radio show time machine, and we did a deep dive into our audio vault. And we came up with some audio from the year of our Lord 2020. Barack Hussein Obama sitting down with Stephen Colbert. And here's how that went down. People would ask me, knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec- a, a third term? 
Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony, uh, I, I'd be fine with There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the man behind the puppet. That's the man who has his hands up Joseph Robinette Biden's backside. He's the guy calling the shots, Barack Obama. So the question now, ladies and gentlemen, very simple. Does Biden stay or does Biden go? 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Starden Show. From the New York Times bestselling author Eric Metaxas comes a riveting new film, Letter to the American Church. The film explores the parallels between 1930s Nazi Germany, Mao and Stalin regimes, and the infiltration of cultural Marxism in America today. The church's decision to stay out of politics undermines the very message of the gospel and its power to transform human existence. Metaxas issues an urgent call to the church, stay silent and abandon its mission of proclaiming liberty or stand up to the forces of evil. Join Eric and several leading voices of today as they explain how America and the church are at the precipice of destruction and need to wake up and take action. Don't miss this film streaming February 8th on Epoch TV, part of Epoch Times. Visit lettertotheamericanchurch.com for more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Heading out after the uh, program to Memphis International and flying over to Los Angeles. Giving a speech to a bunch of Republicans tomorrow. Great American patriots, one and all. And uh, looking forward to uh, visiting with a lot of our Southern California listeners as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then right back Sunday morning to uh, the Mid-South. So busy, busy weekend. Again, our telephone number, and this is Open Line Friday. Uh, This is the one show of the week where you can talk about something off topic. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Coming up in just a little while, Laura Trump is going to be here. Also, Robin Poffman, and we're going to be talking to... A brand new sponsor of the show, Old Glory Bank. Uh, that's going to be a great conversation. And also, uh, we're going to be talking to Kelly Armstrong from North Dakota, member of House Judiciary, over the latest on uh, Mayorkas. And of course, this insane press conference. Unbelievable. But I'm telling you, folks, what happened last night was a political hit job. Somebody picked up the phone and told the media. It's time to go after Biden. By the way, CNN, they got that little fact-checking dweeb. What's his name? Dale the dweeb. And he's out there. He's always fact-checking Trump. Now they're fact-checking Biden last night. You got to kind of love it. I mean, there is some sort of like, you know, great irony here. But it's over for Biden. I don't know if Biden knows it's over, but it's over. All right, our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Our website is ToddSterns.com. Go check it out. You can even watch us live on our YouTube channel as well. Stick around. We'll be right back, folks. 
Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for your continued support. And to thank you, they have an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use the promo code STARNS and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived won't last long, folks. Get a six-pack towel set for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels. They absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, so much more. To get the best offers ever, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STARNS or call 800-839-8506 and get free shipping on your entire order while supplies last. to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Great to have you with us. By the way, coming up on my Newsmax show later this afternoon, we're going to be talking to our good buddy Mark Cox over in St. Louis at 97.1 FM Talk and Andy Hoosier from KQAM, the big talker there in Wichita. I want to go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. She is the host of The Right View, and she's just an awesome person and great American, Laura Trump. Laura, good to have you back with us. Well, good afternoon. Great to be with you. Wow. So, so little to talk about today, Laura. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Too bad we don't have anything to say, Todd. Wow. My gosh. Um, first of all, congratulations to uh, President Trump. My understanding is set yet another record for Nevada caucus votes. Uh, it was just, a, it was a huge night for the president in um, in Vegas and across Nevada. Yeah, a huge night. I think the the signs are all very clear, and they point to the fact that the American people, Todd, are ready for Donald Trump back in the White House. Look, whether you look at the caucus last night or, quite frankly, the primary that was held on Tuesday, the meaningless primary because you didn't get any delegates from, yet Nikki Haley still couldn't even win that primary with literally no one running against her. I think it's obvious Donald Trump is the Republican nominee um, you saw yesterday very clearly Nevada demonstrated that the U.S. Virgin Islands demonstrated that we need to focus right now on coming together as a party and ensuring that we beat the Democrats, whoever it is they run, Todd, because at this point, I think we all look at Joe Biden. We say there's no way they could actually run this guy. We got to beat these people on November 5th because we need to get our country back in order. And we know that's the only way to do it. There's no possible way. And I want to get to that presser in just a minute. But also the Supreme Court, certainly based on the questions, and I was really intrigued by Elena Kagan's line of questioning. And it just seems to me that the president is is about to get a very big victory from the Supreme Court over this Colorado ballot case as well. Yeah, well, I certainly hope so. Because, listen, the only way that we actually have a democracy, and, you know, the Democrats love to talk about the fact that our democracy is in peril. Well, it sure is if you ask them to to lead the way, because you've seen that whether it's Colorado or Maine or several other states, by the way, across the country, attempting to thwart the will of the people and just fully take Donald Trump off the ballot. But I think you're right. Yesterday, um, his team was really well prepared. And obviously, the argument is very clear to anyone who has paid attention. There is no basis by which he should ever be taken off a ballot. Of course, Colorado's arguing that he incited an, an insurrection, which he did not do. There has, that has never actually been proven or charged. And I think the American people know exactly 
the nonsense that went on there. But yeah, his team was was very uh, well spoken, and I think argued his case very well. We we never say uh, never with Donald Trump because we know they'll throw everything his way. So it feels very good. Let's see if the uh, the Supreme Court of the United States does the right thing, Todd, and actually rules in favor of keeping him on the ballot. And, and again, folks, so we are. This is not going to be a situation where we have to wait until June or you know for the uh, for the case to come out. Uh, no, they're gonna they're gonna expedite this, so we will know very soon. Uh, meanwhile, Laura, th- what did you make of last night's press conference? Uh, this thing came together very, very quickly. Uh, press corps was caught completely off guard. Uh, what do you make of how all of this went down last night? Well, I mean, I think pretty clearly you have Joe Biden utilizing his position as president of the United States to attack his political opponent. That was goal number one. I guess goal number two was in some way to, to ensure that the American people felt great about Joe Biden as president. And, oh, no, I'm doing great, folks. Nothing to see here. But let me throw in some commentary on Mexico while I'm talking about Israel and Palestine. Honestly, one of the, the most disastrous press conferences, I think, Joe Biden's ever had. And that, that bar is, is very, very high for Joe Biden. Like, he, this guy, it, it's constantly just embarrassment after embarrassment. Um, and then you, th- to see the press constantly shouting out questions about his mental fitness I think it's pretty clear to, to at least me, Todd, this seems to be the beginning of the end of Joe Biden. Look, if, if anybody's paid close attention, there has been a turn within the way that Joe Biden is presented and the way the media talks about him. And now it seems like they have started to turn on him. And I think a lot of people say, hmm, that's very interesting. Are they going to turn so much that Joe Biden ultimately cannot be the Democrats nominee for president? As we head toward November 5th, it seems to be the beginning of that happening, the beginning of the end for Joe Biden. Um, I don't know. It's a little suspect when all of a sudden some guy who campaigned out of his basement, who they lauded and thought was, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, is suddenly the same guy and in as bad a shape as he previously was. But now all of a sudden they're talking about it. It kind of makes you go, hmm. Yeah, well, let's just take Biden at face value. He says, no, I'm fully competent. I have control of my mental faculties. Okay, if that's the case, then he should be charged because the only reason they're not charging him is because um, of his age and his diminished capacity. But if Biden's out there saying, no, I, 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 I know everything, uh, okay, fine, then you've got to pay the price here. But they're not going to do that. And I thought it was interesting because, Laura, I – they they have the goods on him one way or the other, and I think this was an effort by the deep state last night to take out Joe Biden. That's, it looked like a hit job to me last yep. night. Absolutely, and you're right. Look, don't forget um, that Joe Biden was vice president. Whenever he took these classified documents, he was not president of the United States. That's Only right. presidents are actually allowed to take classified documents. They have the ability to classify or declassify anything. As vice president, he did not have that right and so for them to just say wait a minute never mind this guy didn't have full mental faculties about him enough to know right from left or up or down he shouldn't be charged excuse me absolutely he should if he says as you just commented todd that he had full full control of his men- mental acuity and all of that sort of thing he's good to go then he should be charged and, and, and rightly so. And then I assume that they'll charge, they'll drop all the charges against Donald Trump if this is the case. If this is the bar that we're setting, this is the standard. 
I, I'm, I'm holding my breath for them to drop the case against Donald Trump. It's absolutely ridiculous. But you're right. This was the attempt to start to take out Joe Biden by the deep state. It is, it is really clear if you have been watching the way they have dealt with, with Joe Biden from the very beginning, things have changed. Things have taken a turn and they're going to try to run someone else as president on the Democrat side. It's very interesting because the DNC very recently changed the rule that says people do not have to vote on who their nominee for president is. The, the, the members of the DNC get to just choose anybody they could choose. Todd Starnes and Todd, I know you do it and take one for the team and then turn the reins over to Donald Trump. But no, truly, the, the fact that they have changed that rule, it tells you, I think, all you need to know. There's some plan afoot. They've, they've kind of started to turn on Joe Biden. And watch out, ladies and gentlemen. Pay very close attention about what's, what's going down. And for the record, I'm all in for Trump. Just for the record, you know, media matters. They love to listen to this uh, program, Laura. And you I'm know how sure they, they are. Do. Laura Trump endorses Starnes for president. Oh, wait, wait <laughs> what? What? I don't want to get that call from Mar-a-Lago. Uh, oh, wow. But, you know, it's going back to, you know, what happened last night. There's no way, no way this guy could run. And even CNN, they were, you know, they were losing their minds last night over all of this. Who do you think it's going to be? You think Michelle Obama? I mean, the convention's going to be in Chicago, her hometown. It, it, I mean, if the shoe fits, you know, um, clearly Gavin Newsom has been vying for this position. He rolled out the red car- carpet for a communist dictator, cleaned up the streets of San Francisco, shows you they actually can do it. When Xi Jinping flew over from China to meet with him, he's been trying to make himself look very presidential. Um, but I do think, I, I mean, to me, if Michelle Obama gave him the nod and said, I'll do it, that is their, that's their lady. They're going to run with her. They're going to go hard with Michelle because I think they're banking on the fact that her, her general likability rating and her general approval rating with people is relatively high. The problem Michelle Obama will have is that she has never held any sort of position whatsoever ever in her life that I'm aware. So you go, you contrast somebody who's actually done the job and by the way, done it incredibly well. Donald Trump got more done in four years for the United States than most presidents could ever dream of doing in two full terms in office. Um, If it, it does happen to be Michelle Obama, but those are the two, I think those are the two everyone's watching. Is it Gavin Newsom or is it Michelle Obama? They don't have a deep bench on the Democrat side, and they have a big problem with that. Uh, The good news is over on the Republican side, we certainly do. We had a great slate of people running for for president on the Republican side. It will obviously ultimately be Donald Trump. And then he's got a choice to make for his running mate. And we've got a lot of great people that he can choose from. So we're in great shape over here. And I think uh, no matter who it is, I think the American people remember the good old days with Donald Trump, they're going to vote for him. Uh, no doubt about that. And the only reason I discount Gavin Newsom, he's a straight, rich, white, heterosexual guy. Oh, I think straight and heterosexual. Yeah, poison, poison to the, uh, to the it. Democrats. It's, yeah, he, that's, they'd rather over. drink poison than, yeah. than vote for somebody like that. All right. Laura, what's coming up on the podcast? Well, we just had yesterday, we had Vivek Ramaswamy on. Great talk with him. Everybody should check it out. You know, for a guy who came out of nowhere and was really an unknown, he did very well in the presidential race. He has now endorsed Donald Trump. He is on Team Trump all the way to November 5th. He had a lot of interesting ideas, Todd, about exactly what we're talking about and what's happening, what the deep state is doing. Um, and then, you know, we always are talking about the latest going on in America. News is moving quickly. 
you never can keep uh, too informed on things, and we got to keep our eye on the prize. So it's therightview.com. Come check us out and join us for some great conversation. All right. The great Laura Trump, the favorite daughter of North Carolina. So, Laura, <laughs> always good hearing from you. Thanks, Todd. You're the best. All right. Take care. There you go, folks. Laura Trump. Uh, by the way, we have that audio from Vivek Ramaswamy, cut number 12. Very bad day for President Biden. What do you think? Look, I think the number one takeaway trace is this. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. I said this last year. People dismissed it as some type of conspiracy theory. Today, I think it became that much more obvious. Play this out. Biden's own DOJ and special counsel is effectively releasing a report that undermines the case for him to actually be a candidate for the U.S. presidency, right as Biden's poll numbers are cratering. We have to do the math, skate to where the puck is going, mm-hmm. not fall for the deflection. But I do think what they're planning for is to sideline Biden as the nominee, trot in a different puppet instead. That's the most significant takeaway from tonight. There you go. Straight from Vivek Ramaswamy. We've been saying this for a long time. All right, we're going to take a break. Going right to the phones. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. Got some Reese's Pieces downstairs. Tasty. Uh, all right, let's go to the phones. Uh, we're going to start our day in beautiful North Georgia. Ann is listening to us on WDUN. Hi, Ann. What's on your mind? Um, Michelle Obama. We don't need Michelle Obama ever even to run for president. She said a while back that she had never liked the United States until we put Obama, her husband, in as president. So they used to march against the United States when they was in college. And we sure don't need her or Hillary Clinton. Well, I, Anne, I hear you. Uh, the, the Democrats, though, they they know that Michelle Obama can, can generate excitement. She can, you know, she can rev up the base. And uh, quite frankly... When it comes to identity politics, she checks off uh, at least one, possibly two boxes, depending on who you believe in the in the Google sphere. So, and yes, I I hear you, um, but but I I still think that Donald Trump. It would be a tough fight, but I still believe Donald Trump comes out on top in the, in that fight. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to us. Let's go to. Jim in North Carolina, WSIC, our great station there. Hi, Jim. Hey, Todd. How you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking. 
Good. I just thought of a horrible, horrible scenario that could possibly happen. Like you're saying, Michelle Obama uh, gets nominated by the DNC. Uh, she has Harris as a vice president. They do their tricks and everything to get elected. Michelle Obama is now the president. She sets her cabinet up the way she wants it, the way Obama wants it. They get rid of all the federal judges that are conservatives because just all they have to do is fire them, put their liberal judges in, set everything up for about three months, and then she resigns. Harris is president, and who knows who would be vice president. Well, Jim, yeah, I, look, I hear you. I think it would be terrible. Um, even more horrifying than the federal judges, and, and that is a huge, huge deal, Jim. I think the, the greater concern I would have is the military, because they would go in and clean out all of the rest of the you know the conservative generals, military leaders, and finish finish what Obama started by wiping out all of the patriotic, um, all those patriots out there in the military. You're absolutely right. And they would probably be able to talk, uh, I can't think of a name, uh, the Supreme Court Justice female. Which one? We got a few of them. Jackson? Who? Jackson? No. uh, The one that's uh, thinking about retiring. Well, the females, I mean... Sotomayor, yeah, she, yeah, I, I don't think she's going to yeah. be, yeah, I don't think so. Not yet. She's not ready. Uh, anyway, uh, Jim, we got a skedaddle, but I appreciate your call. Let's go to Scott in Arkansas, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Scott. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. It's good to talk to you again. Hey, I have a question since it's this the Friday, but it kind of goes along with this. You remember when Trump was in office and John Kerry was doing all this behind the scenes? politicking and there was a there's a, there's something that you can go after someone when they do that it's an act the logan yeah committed. the logan act the yeah, logan act the logan act okay how come that the senate or the Dem- the democrats won't how come they can't bring some kind of charges or do some kind of investigation to obama we've known he's been doing this for three years todd how come they can't start investigating it scott they and can't even they know imp- he's doing it scott they can't even impeach alejandro mayorkas <laughs> You well, think they're going to go yeah. after Obama? <laughs> well, they got to do something but because we know he's doing it. If his wife gets in there, that's just another extension of what he's doing now. Yes. Correct? Well, maybe she's been wearing the pants in the family all along. Maybe she's been well, the one calling the shots. Well, it, it's very possible, but I can tell you right now, she does fit the boxes. Whether or not she wants to do it, Todd, that's another story altogether, and I'll leave it at that. So. Yeah, no, and that's a fair point. I mean, she has to; she likes her privacy, so she would have to give up all of that, and she doesn't have to do anything, right? They're getting hundreds of millions of dollars. They're incredibly wealthy, just incredible, uh, the amount of wealth that they have accumulated doing nothing, uh, and that does make you wonder as well. Scott, appreciate that call. But look, it's a, it's a good thought, but unfortunately, with the Congress we have, folks, we saw what happened when they tried to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. I mean, it's um, not going to, yeah, it's not going to happen. Oh, by the way, did you see who was at the, the Trump Vegas victory party last night? None other than Kevin McCarthy. 
lot of people wonder he was kind of hanging out in the back. So I don't was he uh, was he hitting the casinos? Was he there just a little vacay and uh, snuck in? We don't know. But Kevin McCarthy was there. That's interesting. And by the way, that's a whole other story we've got to get to. Uh, is Ronna McDaniel is she staying or is she going? All right, hang tight, everybody. It is open line Friday. We're getting to your calls. 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Trust you are doing well today. Wow, we've got a lot going on uh, this hour of the program. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be talking to a brand new sponsor, Old Glory Bank. So we're we're excited about that. We we really are embracing this idea of a patriot economy where conservatives are supporting conservatives, right? I I, we've got a a pretty massive audience out there, and uh, we we love. Uh, being able to help other conservative businesses and getting the message out. By the way, I know you folks are doing the whole uh, Valentine's Day stuff, already getting ready. Uh, you got to go check out our friends over at Dinstel's Chocolates. Uh, it is, it's a beautiful family-owned candy company based right here in Memphis. They've been making candy since 1902. And uh, one of their specialties, chocolate-covered strawberries. And they only do this... Um, for valentine's day right so it's uh, february 12th 13th and 14th you got to pre-order your strawberries and uh you can uh it's uh, seriously you're gonna love this uh family-owned company everything they make is from scratch and it is truly the best chocolates in america dinstals.com that's d-i-n-s-t-u-h-l-s dinstals.com you got to check that out or you can give them a call if you want to order. Uh, go to 1-800-355-0358. That's 800-355-0358. Now, here's the deal. You can, if, if, you're a late, if, you're, if you're late to the game, if you procrastinate, it's okay. They have FedEx priority overnight, so they're going to be able to get you those delicious chocolate-covered strawberries just in time for Valentine's Day, uh, even if you wait till Monday or uh, Tuesday. Uh, not too shabby. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines here. Again, our telephone number, it is open line Friday, by the way. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. Jack in Midtown Memphis, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Jack, what's on your mind? Thank you for taking my call, Tostan. And I want to let you know, if you already know, this time around, more black people are voting for Trump than, than any other time. They really are. I, I wonder, do you know that? Why is that, Jack? Why Why is it that, that more blacks are voting for Trump this go-around? Well, it's the old Joe's messing up, especially at the border. They're coming across the border, and uh, 
told Joe is is uh, having some problems upstairs. I think, Todd. I listened to his speech last night. It was the night before that, and the man just ain't there, Todd. He just ain't there. <clears throat> and do you know? Uh, uh, a few days ago, I looked at the TV, and uh, Chinese people are coming across that border too. I think what they need to do with that barbed wire, uh, they're squeezing through some parts of that thing. I think they need to put a little shock in it, you know, from battery wire. Yeah, Jack, I, I'm with you. I'm I am concerned about the number of Chinese that are coming over, and my understanding is it is a very dangerous situation with those Chinese. But I look, I'm I'm encouraged by by Donald Trump, and I do believe that we are going to see um, a a massive victory. And I think a lot of blacks and a lot of Hispanics are going to be coming out and voting for Trump only because of how terribly they've been treated by the the Democrats. You know, Tom, tell you something else. We have our own criminals here, both black and white, and then just have more come across the border. That's just too much, man. We got our own criminals here to try to deal with. By the way, Jack, I just got a text message, so I don't know if you're driving around today, but uh, be careful, uh, folks. Uh, I just got a note from our our good friend Ben Dieter, the morning show host at KWAM. He said there are 20 different Tennessee state troopers patrolling the highways, and they are pulling everybody over. They are like dozens of cars being pulled over right now. This is what we call a crackdown on the criminals. So I say good for them. Jack, got to run, my friend. God bless you. It's great to hear from you again. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Good friend of this program, great American patriot, Robin Poffman. Hey, Robin, how are you today? Hey, Todd, how are you? I don't even know where to begin after last night. Wow, Robin, it was that was a hit job, a political hit job. It was absolutely a political hit job, and here's why. Do you know that the Department of Justice could have taken a black Sharpie, a black magic marker, and crossed out all of the... Um, Every single, you know, little ism about Biden not knowing um, his, the, the date that his son died, et cetera, et cetera. All the line items, that could have been all blacked out, Todd. So I agree with you completely that it was a political hit job. But I was watching this last night, sitting on the couch and thinking to myself, wow, is this guy going to resign is he going to say, hey, I'm, I'm no longer the president? Then I thought, okay, well, maybe it's the announcement of, you know, I'm not running again. But he came out there. He was so arrogant and so uh, juiced up and so what I would describe as Alzheimer's angry. Um, sadly, there are folks that do get dementia and Alzheimer's that, that get this angry streak. And you really see it. In, again, I'm not a doctor but I am an observer of human nature. And to me, he has full-blown dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's uh, the, the other takeaway from last night is, you know, Jill's Jill's not letting that guy out of her sight, right? She's been with him on the stage for, for weeks now, holding his hand, guiding him off. And so whoever decided that Biden was going to call this this immediate press conference and everybody was caught off guard. I mean, the CNN anchors were literally running uh, to their positions at the White House, Robin. 
and that tells me that that something was up and maybe they um maybe they called jill ahead of time and said hey jill we need you we need you over here in the east wing and they locked her in a room so they couldn't get to the husband uh because there's no way she would have allowed him out there to do what he did last night well, well, there's two things, you know, and I have not been listening to your show today. So I, if I'm re- being repetitive, I apologize in advance. But the president was in Leesburg, Virginia, earlier in the day, and he had already reacted to the report. And, you know, I thought it was an interesting reaction. And, you know, I kind of cut up the sound bites and, you know, was, you know, tuned in and focused on it. But to me, they had him uh, hopped up on the B12 shot or whatever other medication and he was all, you know, uh, hopped up and caffeined up and ready to do whatever. But, you know, Jill is an enabler. As a wife, she is an enabler. Uh, a, a good wife, someone or, you know, someone who loves their partner does not allow their partner, married or not, or even a friend, to go out there and be embarrassed like that. When someone has dementia, you just keep them on the sideline. You keep them in a quiet environment. You don't you know, gin them up to uh, go out there and get all angry. He's very easily triggered. And I would say this, I thought that it did more harm than good. And I get why they did it. But let me tell you something, Todd, when he walked away, when he walked off the stage and then walked back to answer the Middle East question, I thought to myself, OMG, (laughs) this is going to go south in a hurry. This is going to be a ball of yarn uh, uh, down the stairs. This is a snowball going off the cliff. And sure enough, you know, the Assisi thing, I was like, Assisi? He's the, the president of Egypt, not Mexico. I mean, this is just, you know, in our world, Todd, you know, we know who the presidents are of the countries, right? And the ones we don't know, we look up. But that's an easy one because it's been in the news so much. And then the, the, also what was not lost on me was when he was talking about the rosary beads. I don't know if anyone's mentioned this on your show, but he's like, yeah, I wear the beads on my, on my wrist or whatever for my son from Lady of Hour, and he can't pull he can't the name remember. of the, the church. Couldn't right? remember. He can't, he can't pull the name of the church or the date or the years that his son passed away. When you love someone, Todd, you never forget the date that they died and left you. Robin Poffman on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, Robin, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent. I, I thought uh, that he was coming out. I thought tomorrow or last night was it. I thought it was going to pull the plug. Uh, but it just seems to me that whatever they've been trying to, to do behind the scenes has not registered or maybe Jill doesn't want it to register. So they're having to play hardball because that document last night was damning. Uh, not they, they said he willfully, willfully harbored classified and top secret documents, uh, but they're not going to prosecute the guy because he's um, he's got Alzheimer's or he's feeble minded or whatever. I mean, it was it was a lose lose for Biden last night. Yeah, I mean, this was a right out of the Hillary Clinton uh, Comey playbook where I remember Comey back in the day standing up there and saying, yeah, Hillary Clinton did this and 33,000 emails and, you know, hammers to the Blackberries and the cell phones. And oh, by the way, comma, uh, we're not charging her. So this was, you know, Merrick Garland took a page right out of the Comey playbook and said, "Okay, you're guilty of one to ten. 
but we're not charging you because you're an old sympathetic man with Alzheimer's disease. I, I thought it was outrageous. I th- but the whole thing is about uh, being teed up to get him off the stage. The Democrats know he's a, it's a losing proposition. He's not well, this man. He has no business being the president. And we're in grave danger as a country with a wide open borders. Can you imagine if the border czar Kamala Harris becomes president of the United States and what our enemies are going to do and what they're thinking, seeing this report, it, it, it scares me to death. It's, you know, Robin, uh, there, and there's some reporting out there that they've had this report for a while and they knew exactly what was in there and they still let this man go out and, and face the cameras. Um, again, if this goes back to who who made that decision and Robin, I think the answer to that question is Barack Obama. I'm curious to hear from you, though, if it's not going to be Biden, which is not. We know it's not going to be Kamala. Do you think it is going to be Michelle Obama as the nominee? No, I don't. I still, I'm still. Uh, my bet in Vegas is still on Gavin Newsom. Really? Because of his, yeah, because of his age. Um, I just think he's got that Bill Clinton slick Willie thing going on. I think that a lot of people who are not in the know, like, you know, who don't travel as much as you do and I do and have not been to California recently and don't really know what's going on there and don't know the issues and how he's ruined the state of California. I think they're going to see him as, as a, um, Barack Obama kind of figure, um, young and hip and i think that they're going to go for young and hip and i don't think that michelle obama wants to leave her vegetable garden or uh martha's vineyard that's just my opinion i think uh that it all sounds good but i have i do not think she wants to be president of the united states in my opinion all right hey are are you going to watch the super bowl this weekend i um all of i was invited to a party I will be drinking uh, water with lemon, and um, I will be sober, and I'm happy to check in with you on Monday. What? <laughs> All right. I, that's a little TMI. I mean, it's you know, it's a Super Bowl. You can have a Baptist martini. I don't think that's going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will just say one thing to you. I think that they should take Donald Trump up on his offer and that Donald Trump should do the sit down. I think it would be just huge and tremendous. Well, the really? reason the reason I, yeah, the reason I'm asking Robin is uh, they they've got tickets. There there are still a few tickets available. The average price for a Super Bowl ticket eighty six hundred dollars. Robin, wow that that is way above what I get paid. The high. I, I don't have that kind of coin. I don't have that kind of coin. Dieter may he may maybe he oh, could yeah, take Dieter. a plus one. <laughs> theater yeah i think we should the three of us it would be a trifecta of genius the three of us in las vegas can you imagine that oh sweet lord i don't know if i don't know if vegas is ready for that all right robin (laughs) well have fun at the party and uh, we'll check back in with you next week anything can happen mr starnes anything can happen it's true all right robin poffman everybody uh covering uh that crazy press conference last night you know back to the super bowl tickets a hundred twenty five thousand dollars that's the high-end tickets. Does it come with like a hot dog? Do you, I mean, do you get like an all-you-can-drink, like um, you know, like when you go to Wendy's and you know have the drink machine and you get free refills? Uh, it, uh, what what comes with the hundred twenty-five thousand-dollar price tag? That's what I want to know.
And at that point, would you rather just stay at home and and bank the one twenty five, and you know, order a pizza, <laughs> Papa John's? I'll take for that much money. You can throw on that. You know what? You can splurge and do uh, extra meats. Wow. All right. Yeah. According to Ticket uh, Ticket Smarter, there are twenty two hundred seventy eight tickets remaining, and the price the current prices on the remaining tickets between fifty nine hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars. And Dieter just texted something about saying he doesn't have that money. Oh, he's a he's a celebrity though, uh, Dylan. You know he's got that cash. He doesn't spend anything, and he eats like a bean. Surprised he's not getting in for free. Well, that's true. Yeah. He'll, he'll probably do the coin toss. I wonder if the uh, high price gets a front row seat of Taylor Swift. Oh well, <laughs> they had to. Yeah, maybe they're paying people to come for that. I right, gotta gotta take a break here, folks. We'll be right back. Good to have you with us. We've got a special treat from Paul Shanklin coming up. You're going to want to stick around for that. Our telephone number, by the way, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Open line Friday, and we're going to be taking your calls in just a few moments. I want to go back to the Super Bowl here for a second. And a lot of people are speculating that the ticket prices are so insane because of Taylor Swift um, according to uh, Ticketmaster, SeatGeek, and StubHub, here's what we've got. So a luxury suite at Allegiant Stadium, it's going to cost you $2.5 million for just one game, $2.5 million. That's $125,000 per person. And here's what you get. You get 20 tickets. You get two parking passes. Wait, that's it? Just two parking passes? You're you got 20 people coming. What are those supposed to do? Take a bus? Then you get uh, complimentary food and drinks. Well, there better be like real food. I'm talking like a bucket of a bucket of fried chicken or something, right? You don't want to have to you don't want to show up to the Super Bowl and eat like sushi and drink those uh what do they call them the health drinks, the liquefied lawn clippings? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, there's got to be some good like food, like ribs. And uh, bratwurst, right? That's golly, unbelievable. As of day before yesterday, uh, tickets are still available. The average price of a ticket sold on StubHub is eighty six hundred dollars. Oh, so the, they're coming down because that ticket was ninety three hundred dollars on Monday. Best seats, the best seats in that stadium, thirty thousand dollars or more. Wow. I think I'm going to be very happy watching it on an airplane. We'll be right back, America. We now take you behind the scenes at the Biden White House. Let's listen in as Joe learns he's in the clear. And therefore, we decline to prosecute. See, Joe, I told you the doddering old fart defense would work. Uh, now all I got to uh, do is get out of the uh, race and let somebody... If, uh, if you don't vote for me, th- th- then you ain't black. You're all against me. 
Hey, I know what the hell I'm doing. I'm doing a press conference. Hey, Mega, Mega Mineroy is real president of Mexico. Right, you, hey, who gave him all the applesauce? Well, That's more drugs see. than I took in college. You can't stop how the president of the United States, president of the president, Where's my beach? Uh, uh, wait a minute, Joe. Uh, that's part of the plan. Uh, you quit, and then we get somebody else, someone from the outside, some, someone who can win. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, hey, Kamala. Right. We gotta get somebody to run against Trump. Uh, you. Give me Robert Kennedy. Ah, uh, he's scared of cell phones, sir. Then, then, uh, try Nikki Haley. This is an emergency. Join us next time when we take you behind the scenes at the Obama, uh, Biden, Kamala, whatever, White House. All right. Well, thank you there. Uh, our ace reporter in D.C., Paul Shanklin. Uh, well done for you uh, for that exclusive clip here on the Todd Stearns Radio Show. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 901-260-5926. Sharon is listening to us on WTKF in North Carolina. Hi, Sharon, what's on your mind? Well, my husband missed it, but he needs to hear it, and that is the clip of uh, Barack Obama telling us how he would serve that third term. Yes. It's important that he hear this one. (laughs) All right, so is your husband by the radio right now? Uh, Joe, you need to come get by the radio. Come on, Joe. (laughs) <laughs> is joe ready are you sweetie you come need get by the radio okay he's a coming up the stairs oh he's coming up the stairs now oh, so you're upstairs okay uh, I, he just went down the stairs oh he went down the stairs got my radio on upstairs and so here he comes oh all right so is, let me know is, when joe's ready and we'll play this audio okay all right do we have any muzak please get ready play the audio for you dear this is for joe all right so this audio is going out for joe in north carolina all righty here we go here we go people would ask me knowing what you know now do you wish like you had a sec a, a third term um and i i used to say you know what if if i could make an arrangement where um I had a I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats, mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with. That. He'd be fine with that, Sharon. Be, oh yeah, I bet he would be fine with it. He'd be fine with it if they shoved his wife on the ticket too. My goodness sakes, I'll tell you. This is what they do in communist countries. Yes, it is. So, Sharon, what he just admitted back in 2020 is, yeah, he's running things behind the scene. And I don't think he cares that anybody actually knows it. And this is why this is why every time they show Joe, uh, uh, Joe Biden on the scene, I think of Walter the puppet. They look alike, and now we know they are alike. 
Well, there you go. I'm unfamiliar with Walter. Are they kind of like Bert and Ernie? Um, or are they Muppets? No, Walter the Puppet. This is a this is a fellow that does a lot of shows in Vegas, and he used to do a lot of shows on TV until Joe oh. Biden come into office, and everybody saw the similarities. Oh, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, he's a ventriloquist. <laughs> well, somebody's got their hand upside uh, Biden's backside. I'll tell yeah, you that just much. Just like just like that man has his hand upside the bottom of walter the puppet wow the wazoo as we call it here in tennessee <laughs> yes. all right sharon i did joe is joe satisfied he heard he heard yes. barack obama you heard barack obama did he goes yes he did all right very good well there you go you know and sharon i'm glad you did this because it's important uh you know people you know they're out and about doing things listening to the show and they're like did i really did i really just hear what i thought i heard so i'm glad you called back and uh, I'm glad we were able to get that uh, get that audio for you. Well, I'm glad you played that for him because that is something everybody needs to hear more than once. Indeed, indeed it is. All right, Sharon, thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. We like Sharon in North Carolina. You know what we need to do? We need to get Sharon a radio for the downstairs. Too. You need a radio in every part of your house, folks. I have one of those... Um, Dylan, I've got a, a transistor radio, which is now... It's like also... Um, it's uh, it's battery powered, and it has like the little hand crank, and it's also got the solar vintage. So yeah, if the apocalypse happens, we'll still be able to listen to KWAM. Nice, uh, you, you know it is what it is. All right, wow! I'm glad we were able to help folks out. We need some music. Let me know when you work on that because otherwise, it's just kind of an awkward silence on the air, and you know you don't want to have silence on the air. So Dylan, when you when you find some good music, just start playing it. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Just start playing it, and we'll we'll figure it out together. We'll come up with something. All right. Oh, speaking of coming up with something, um, I got to tell you about our friends at Newsmax. They're they're running this poll, and of course, uh, Trump's going to be speaking this weekend. There is a a big rally. Newsmax will be broadcasting the rally, and you need to watch. Anyway, Newsmax conducting a national poll, and they want to know who are you, who are you leaning towards for VP? Who do you want Trump to pick for the VP? Can, can I just say I never was really happy about Mike Pence. I just thought it was a eh, eh. I don't know. I I'm not sure what the discussions were about that because he had some great great options, but why Mike Pence? Oh, to be a fly on Mike Pence's head in that conversation. Anyway, Newsmax wants to know, who do you think ought to be Trump's VP? Text the word skip to 39747. That skip to 39747. Here's how this will work. They will send you a poll link, and uh, then you make your pick, and boom, your uh, voice is heard. And who knows, President Trump might pick your person. You, you just never know. Vice President Dieter. That that has a ring to it. It does indeed. So again, uh, text the word skip to 39747 and vote in the Newsmax poll. All right, 901-260-5926, open line Friday. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today. I was just, I was checking my Delta Airlines flight in the commercial break. Heading to Los Angeles, uh, we're going to be speaking to the Republicans, having a big gala event. 
uh, raising some money for uh, great conservatives out there. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't flying in a Boeing, you know, seven was it a 737, and I wanted to make sure I didn't have a window seat. Just to, I want to at least have a fighting chance if they uh, blow a hole outside the window. So anyway, I'm good. I'm um, I'm on the aisle, which is nice. Uh, speaking of nice, uh, by the way, I've got to tell you about um, just really an incredible organization called Old Glory Bank. And I love the slogan, the bank that stands with you. And that's a big deal, right? You know, um, I can't tell you the last time I actually talked to a human down at my bank. You got to look, you got to check out the website, oldglorybank.com. And you know, they're good people. There's a guy, there's a guy sitting on a tractor right on the front of the website. You don't see that at Bank of America. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, and we're honored to have with us Eric Olhausen, who is the Chief Strategy Officer for Old Glory Bank. Eric, hope you're doing well today. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Well, absolutely. Well, let's jump into this, Eric. Tell our great listeners across the nation what you guys are up to. How did you guys? Uh, how did you guys launch Old Glory Bank? Sure, happy. I was joined early on by several co-founders that uh, most of whom, if not all, your audience will be familiar with: um, country singer and patriot John Rich, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, Larry Elder. Uh, the former two-term Republican governor of Oklahoma, Mary Fallon Christensen, and Bill Shine, who has served as deputy chief of staff in the Trump administration. Um, we came together to form Old Glory Bank because we saw a need for really three main things that were lacking um, in banks today. Um, first is we saw a need for a bank that's pro-America. Second, that it won't a bank that won't cancel its customers for their beliefs, and third, a bank that will keep customer data private. And really, all three of those things uh, are what we've embraced with Old Glory Bank. Um, we promote pride in America, support for our military. Uh, we are tired of seeing the police and first responders vilified for doing their job and, and protecting Americans. Um, and we support the foundational principles of our country of freedom, faith, and family. Um, you know, I think so much is written about and, and spoken about these days about cancel culture that's entering the banking system. Um, you know, whole industries are being canceled, not just outspoken individuals. But, you know, if you try to buy a firearm or an ammunition, PayPal won't process those transactions. I mean, it's right in their terms of use next to saying you can't use PayPal for stolen property or, or illegal drugs, uh, and uh, just after that, they say firearms. So really um, ashamed to see that uh, financial institutions are picking who they think can, uh, can bank and participate in the financial system. Um, and then most prominently, I'm sure your listeners are, are familiar with um, most recently so much being written about uh, banks uh, sharing, voluntarily sharing data with uh, federal law enforcement as right. well as the the treasury um, and those are that's something we just unequivocally promised to our customers that um, we would never do that voluntary you know sharing of data such an invasion of privacy um, we're certainly a lawful operation so presented by a, a unchallengeable subpoena of course we would you know need to comply but it's just egregious what uh, has been reported that the big banks have been doing of just uh, just wholesale sharing of, of data with, with no reason for uh, suspicion of, of crimes having been committed. 
All right. So there's a lot you just said there. So let's go back and let's uh, unravel a lot of it. First of all, I, I want to talk about uh, the bank because it's really a hometown bank. And uh, you got, it really doesn't matter where you are across America. Um, people are able to uh, to open up accounts. Is that right? Absolutely. So we, we really refer to ourselves as the community bank whose community is, is the entire country. Um, we are uh, historically, we're actually, the bank is in its second century of operation. It was a bank uh, founded in Oklahoma, First State Bank of Elmore City, founded in 1903, actually when Oklahoma was still just a territory, not yet a state. Um, but what we did is just about a year and a half ago, um, the ownership of the bank changed. We renamed it Old Glory Bank and repositioned it uh, to fulfill uh, the points I, I described earlier. But we are a fully online mobile bank. We have tens of thousands of customers that have joined us in recent months, uh, clear across the country, every state of the union. And I'll point out quite sincerely, we have phenomenal technology and online banking experience to where anyone considering moving from a large bank, there should be no reservation about having to give up anything. Um, really feature-rich online banking tools um, that we're really proud to have introduced to a uh, historically more community-oriented bank. And of course, uh, John uh, Rich, ladies and gentlemen, on the show just a few days ago, and Larry Elder, uh, and Ben Carson, uh, regulars here on the program as well. And Bill Shine, who you mentioned early on, uh, happened to be my direct boss over at Fox News back in the day for a number of years. So um, uh, good people that are associated with Old Glory Bank. Uh, Eric, I, I did want to uh, to ask you about this, the federal government, because they have uh, been making headlines lately, the banks have, um, with uh, the um, you know going after people who are Trump supporters, America First patriots, um, flagging transactions where words like MAGA and and Trump are involved, or people going out and buying Bibles. So if if Old Glory Bank were ever asked, uh, what would what would you do as the bank? Well, simply being asked, we would we would first say no, we we would not comply with that, and we would certainly go public with the request because I think that's something uh, our customers and and uh, the rest of the population should be aware of such efforts by um, by the regulators and and uh, and, and um, the federal uh, law enforcement. Um, you know, as I I said, it was, was so egregious. Is you know, you consider what's required typically for you know, a search of someone's personal property and records. It, it typically requires a, a warrant or a true, you know, uh, enforceable subpoena um, that's issued um, with lots of steps having to gone through to issue such a subpoena. Um, you know, initially we would, if presented with one, we, we would certainly uh, um, want to review it and, and challenge it if we think it's overreach. But, you know, we're, we're a law-abiding organization. Our, our mission statement, we say, is, is the U.S. Constitution. So we, we certainly adhere to laws. And I, I just would point out that's what was so significant with the recent behavior is that uh, the banks were simply voluntarily responding to a request um, and not even informing their customers of, of what was being done. Mm. Again, uh, folks, oldglorybank.com is the website, oldglorybank.com. And it's it's really the bank for for everybody who makes the country run every day. And you're going to find that language on 
on the website, the proud patriots uh, that are really the engine driving uh, this great nation and the reason why we are the most exceptional nation on the planet. And again, I love this idea. We, we call it a patriot economy, uh, Eric, and, and I think it's important for us to start as conservatives, start paying attention to where we do business and, and where we put our money. Well, I, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk about Old Glory Bank. Um, I'll point out that we have accounts for, for both consumers and businesses, so we, we welcome uh, in whatever your banking needs might, might be. We have some uh, phenomenal solutions, and, and uh, that even includes 85,000 locations across the country where we have partnerships with uh, retail locations, big-name uh, retailers that your audience would would know where you can deposit cash. So there's uh, directly into your account. So really no reason to uh, be limited to just uh, the bank down the street. Well, this is good to know. And uh, Eric, we're, we're just so excited for you guys. And uh, thank you for being great patriots and standing alongside good people, and especially people of faith and uh, people who are conservatives. Maybe they've been canceled out there in the uh, in the other banking world, uh, but you guys were embracing them, and we just think that's pretty spectacular. Well, thank you. Much appreciated. All right. Uh, there you go, folks. Uh, Eric Olhausen, who is the Chief Strategy Officer for Old Glory Bank. Got to check this place out, oldglorybank.com. That's oldglorybank.com. And, folks, so we, we talk about this a lot with uh, Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Why would you continue to give money to um, to companies that are fighting against the values that you cling to? And the same thing applies to where you put your money. And uh, why not check out Old Glory Bank? A lot of great patriots, including Dr. Ben Carson, a part of this, uh, this incredible bank. OldGloryBank.com is the website. Again, that's oldglorybank.com. Check them out in the break. Hang tight, everybody. Hour three of the big show coming up next. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Hour three of the big show is underway. Great to have you with us. And, of course, uh, the breaking news... Coming out of Washington, the White House press briefing is now underway, and uh, this is following yesterday's scathing, scathing report on President Biden, describing him as uh, a man who is elderly, a man who um, has diminished capacity, a man who, quite frankly, has no business being anywhere near the White House. And uh, we are going to hopefully be uh, joining uh, some of that uh, White House press briefing here momentarily. Uh, as uh, the White House is faced with very, very serious questions surrounding the uh, status of President Biden and his health. Let's dip into some of that coverage right now. They see that this was a long investigation that ended without a case to be made. And, you know, I think that they can see and understand 
you know, when people are gratuitous and, and make comments that they shouldn't make and that are beyond the, the, the remit of a prosecutor to do, um, I think that they understand that. And I think that, they, I think that they'll, they'll understand that the president did the right thing here. If the 7th and 8th were obviously, or 8th and 9th were obviously like very busy days where the president was overstretched taking calls in the middle of the night, all of this, why continue with the interview with her? Why not do it on another day? Uh, why give him the opportunity to have these lines in the report about lapses, about timelines? He should have thrown up roadblocks. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I, no, he, he committed to it. And as and like, hey, the world is on fire. Could we do it another I'll, I'll day? I'll tell you what's interesting about this, and this is. Um, oddly not in the report, is at the beginning of uh, his interview, the special counsel told the president, I understand that you know, you're dealing with a lot of things right now, and I'm going to be asking you questions about stuff from a long time ago. I want you to try to recall to the best of your abilities you know, things of that nature. That's often what prosecutors would tell witnesses. Uh, so you know, he understood that, but the president was going to commit to being cooperative. He talked about this last night. He wanted to make sure he had everything he needed, and he didn't want to throw up roadblocks. Yeah, we got to move on. Good time. Um, just a first question. Has the president read the entire report, and when was he given the, the report? Did, did he review it when his lawyers did the privilege review? Um, and do you have any just context on when he himself found the, the findings of it? Uh, we received the report yesterday uh, from the Justice Department and formally like present, you know, sending it over. Um, obviously, the president's lawyers were, were doing the privilege review that we disclosed to everybody was happening and disclosed when we had concluded it. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, uh, they were, you know, they, they had briefed him on uh, on the on the material as the client, you know, as is typical in a in a legal case. Uh, and then we received the full report yesterday. You know, the president's been pretty busy. I'm not sure he's read 400 pages. I'm not sure how many, you know, folks in this room have read all 400 pages of it. But he certainly is familiar with the contents of the report. Just one quick follow up: the president was animated last night, uh, rejecting the idea that he did not remember when his son died. Can you provide a little bit? more context about, was he directly asked in the interview by the special counsel for the dates? Was it part of a broader conversation? I just think some additional context to understand what is in that report um, might be helpful. Yeah, I think, I mean, the president was pretty clear last night, and I think that the American people have heard from him for years about the pain and the suffering that they went through when Bo passed away, um, and the gravity of that, and I think to suggest that he couldn't remember when his son died is really out of bounds. Um, you know, the conversations in the in the interview back and forth, you know, he's being asked about, you know, file folders from a basement and how did they get there and what is that and what were you doing around that time and things of that nature. I don't want to, just to be very careful, I don't want to get into specific, you know, things while it's still in a classification process. But, you know, it is safe to say that, of course, the president knows when his son died. So do you have any sense of why the special counsel would write explicitly in the report that the president did not, was unable to recall when his son died? Uh, you'd have to ask the special counsel why he chose to include that. Thanks, Corrine. Thanks, Ian. So you said that you told the special counsel that the criticisms of President Biden were inaccurate, gratuitous, and wrong. So how did the special counsel respond when you told them that? I put out his report. 
so they ignore it. I, I'm unaware of any uh, uh, changes that were made in response to our very strong, forceful, and rooted in evidence arguments that we provided. And you had just mentioned how these interviews happened <clears throat> shortly after the October 7th attacks. The president mentioned it last night. In mentioning that, does that mean that possible memory lapses happened because he was so distracted by what was happening overseas? Or do you dispute that he had any memory issues during those hours of interviews? I, I dispute that the characterizations about his memory that were in the report are accurate because they're not. The um, man and I think the president spoke Egypt. very clearly about are how you he, kidding his me? mind was on other things. I mean, he, uh, let's continue to listen here. It's a great global consequence. And, you know, he was trying his best to, to answer questions in this interview because he wanted to be fully cooperative. So there were no memory lapses during... I think, you know, I think there's something important that people should remember about the way that sort of interviews like this happen. I, God forbid, you know, one of you guys ever have to get interviewed by a prosecutor, and, you know, I hope you don't. Uh, uh, you know, witnesses are told, as I mentioned by special counsel, to do the best they can to recall or remember things. And they're, they're not supposed to speculate. You know, they want facts. They want facts and evidence. And so, you know, I think probably in almost every uh, prosecutorial interview you can imagine that people have uh, said that they don't recall things because that's what they're instructed to do. So I think that's just important. Excuse me, I have a question, please. Hello, sir. Sir, I have a question. Uh, Could you explain um, why President Biden thinks Mexico is next to Gaza? Anybody want to answer that one, sir? I don't think they can hear me. Uh, wow, this is this is insane. We don't have KJP out here. What happened to K- they? They sent a white guy out. What is that? What's that all about? All right, let's continue to listen in. Or to and the, and frankly, the report says that too. And the idea that um, that he did anything except be totally cooperative and to take great strides to ensure that the classified documents were returned speaks for itself. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, Ian, the vice president referred today to the report as being politically motivated. Is that the position of the White House, that this report was politically motivated? Well, I, I saw the vice president's remarks. I thought they were very powerful. And I talked about this a little bit at the top of our conversation here today. You know, there's an environment that we are in that generates uh, a ton of pressure because you have congressional Republicans, other Republicans attacking prosecutors that they don't like. And it creates, you know, a a need if you're going to determine that charges weren't filed. People are human and they're thinking through, you know, what do we need to do? And, um, uh, you know, it leaves one to wonder exactly why he included a lot of the criticisms that were in there. Also, with regard to the staff, President Biden has had some staff members who've worked for him for decades. Uh, He referenced their mistake last night. Has he had a visit with any of these staff members? Do the staff members who are responsible for taking those documents to his house, do they still work for the president? Have there been any consequences? Well, I think I talked about this also before. I mean, this is an issue that has plagued administrations of both parties for 50 years, where accidentally things get shuffled up and taken and removed. And the archives has, you know, literally they put a frequently asked questions page on their website about what you do if you find them accidentally. That's how often it happens. And, you know, he gave them all back as soon as he found out about it. 
we understand that mistakes happen sometimes. I'm not going to get into sort of individual witness or parsing like that from the report. Now, for President Obama, President Clinton, President Bush Sr., or President Bush Jr., I don't know if three people makes it a common. That, that's actually not true. Officials from all administrations from the past, you know, half century or so have had this accidentally happen. But you're, you're parsing two things. You asked me about the fact that, and the report states this clearly, that this is likely the result of inadvertent packing by staff. And... Uh, you asked exactly about the staff issue, and so I'm responding about the staff and, issue. Okay, and you can't say whether the staff still work for President Biden. Well, I'm saying that that the the, the question you're asking about uh, the frequency and normalcy, unfortunately, of mistakes like these being made, they happen. And what what matters is how you respond to it. And when you find out that there was a mistake that was made, you give everything back, and that's exactly what was done. Trying to get as much people Thanks, Ian. Um, what does it what does it say about Mayor Carlin's judgment that he? I think the president actually answered this question last Somebody night. I'm not sure which of you asked him it, but he right. talked hey, about... Can, can I just make an observation here as we're watching this in real time, this uh, where we're listening to the White House press briefing, and I love it. Whenever there's tough stuff, they send the white guy out, right? He's the expendable guy. So KJP, the diversity hire, she's just, well, look at her. She's really rubbing those hands together. What's, what's that all about? Um, the president was talking about a handwritten That's a little off-putting, that if you ask me. To president Obama that he she's still rubbing. Oh, she's still. Now she's praying. And, she's got her hands he, clasped he said, you know, in the praying position. That he's, and he said last night, you know, I should have talked. Dear God, will I be able to get a job after this? That's what she's praying. Because he was talking about something that was a personal, like a letter he sent to the president. So in his mind, that dude's head. Have you noticed he's like he bald, but it's like a weird kind of a bald. Talk a lot about and I don't mean to make fun. Um, you know, I'm not making fun of him. You, you lose your hair, you lose your hair, but something's not quite right about that man's like, head. Hey, I, you need to be it's really oddly kind of eggish It's off-putting. I'm sorry. See, it's distracting. Let's listen to it. With this sort of information, as they explore all the theories and go through all the evidence that sort of refutes most of those theories, almost all of, actually all of those theories, when you think about the judgment that there will be no case in this in this matter. So, you know, that's that's addressed in the report. And, and the second thing, um, the president also said last night, all the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. But the report uh, says that some of the classified documents were in cabinet drawers, uh, while others about Afghanistan, for example, were in unsealed and badly damaged box sitting in his garage. So did the president misspeak last night? Look, I think the president was responding to a number of inaccurate uh, allegations in this uh, in this report. Um, we've talked a lot about, uh, Justin asked about the diaries. I mean, this is his personal diaries. Of course, he has them in his house. Um, so, you know, I don't have anything kind of to add on what he said last night. Um, I want to follow up on the vice president's comments. On, you've been saying gratuitous. She said politically motivated. Is it this, is it this administration's stance that this report was issued in part, or there was a motive in this issue, a goal, a goal with this report to inflict political harm on the president. I think that you have to look at what I mean. We talked about this at the beginning of our conversation today. You, know, you have a situation where former DOJ officials are talking about the political repercussions of these actions, and that it's incumbent upon the prosecutor to take great care to follow departmental policy to not 
criticize unindicted conduct and behavior or, or characteristics, which we've seen in, in this case. That's and former GOJ officials. But this White House right now is at the stance by this White House that this report was issued in part with a motive and a goal to inflict political harm on the president. I, I, I heard the question the first time, and I'm just I you know have nothing to object to in what the vice president said. I thought she was powerful and forceful. But, but also, just to follow up, I'm sorry, this administration, as you said, you said that Republicans have often attacked prosecutors, yeah. independent that's systems, well and you said that's created an environment where, if I've interpreted this right, there is an incentive by the special counsel to include some of this language. But often I've heard from Democrats and this White House say that those attacks against independent systems can also sow distrust with the public and those independent institutions. By saying that this is politically motivated, not just gratuitous, but politically motivated. Does this not also sow distrust with the public? I, I reject that. I, I reject that question. You see this, and it's in the report, the letter that the, the, the president's what do you mean, lawyer and the White House counsel's office sir? sent it's a press to the special counsel no to talk about the Department of Justice conference? norms and policies with you, that sir? they see as being violated. Right. Um, by I've heard enough. All right, and th- I wanted you to hear some of this, um, and, and, uh, and there, there's a reason why. Ladies and gentlemen, the White House press corps has officially turned on Joe Biden. It is over. We're not talking about Fox News. We're not talking about. Um, we're not talking about the uh, son of Ducey. What's his name? Peter. Peter Ducey. Thank you, Peter from South Haven Ducey. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about this guy. No, we're talking about rank and file mainstream media members that are now going after Biden. They smell blood in the water. That's what that's all about. And I will say this, ladies and gentlemen, and hear me on this. If, in fact, the argument of the White House is that Joe Biden is lucid and mentally competent, then that means the special prosecutor has to go back and change his recommendation. Because the only rec- the only reason the special prosecutor chose not to recommend charges was because of the feeble and fragile mental state of the president of these great United States. So if the White House is coming back and saying, oh, no, 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 he's um, put him on jeopardy. He's a, He will be a champ. Well, if that's the case, then Joe Biden has to go to jail. Joe Biden has to face charges because Joe Biden willingly and knowingly broke the law. That's That was from the special prosecutor's report, by the way. So you can't have it both ways. So one of two things is going to happen here. Joe Biden is going to the Alzheimer's unit or he's going to jail. I mean, it's really that simple. Oh, we got to take a break here. 901-260-5926. That's our telephone number. It is open line Friday. That's 901-260-5926. And hear me on this, ladies and gentlemen. This is not some sort of a surprise, right? The press corps did not just suddenly decide to do journalism they have been told by their Democrat handlers, i.e. the Obama administration, to do this. We'll be right back. All right, they kicked the white guy off the podium. Uh, now KJP is back, and uh, the White House press briefing continues. We will monitor, uh, but I do want to go to the phones. Don in North Carolina uh, listening to this crazy press conference. Uh, Don, what are your thoughts here? It's just, um, it, it just makes you want to just scream because 
they ask, well, when did the White House get the report? Well, the White House got it yesterday. But General Counsel got it earlier. That's right. And has briefed everyone on it before that. Well, who's General Counsel and who's everyone else? It's, is it Chief of Staff? Is it Joe Biden? Is it the Press Secretary? So they all had the report when? Last week? Two weeks ago? And he's either competent or he's incompetent, one or the other. And what they're saying is that the special prosecutor lied, that his report is false. Right? That's what they're saying. That's what they're that's what they're they're saying, but they're not saying they're saying that. But yes, Don, that's that's what they that's what they just told us. So so the special prosecutor gave Joe Biden a break. He gave him a pass because he's old and feeble and he likes ice cream, and he likes to smell hair on little girls. But the special prosecutor for Donald Trump doesn't cut him any slack at all. Yeah, are you catching you catching on there, Don? You see, you see, yeah. you see what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're not going to charge the president because he's old and feeble, even though he committed crimes. But if he wasn't old and feeble, he would have been guilty. That's it, Don. That I mean, that is it in a nutshell, and that is the double standard, and that's why President Trump and his legal team are saying, now you got to dismiss the charges against us, and and they're right. Don, we got to run. It's look brilliant, brilliant point you're making there, folks. Are you seeing the hypocrisy now? But I'm telling you, they did have that report. They knew what was coming down, and they chose to send Biden out there last night because they knew he would implode. All right, got to take a break. We'll be right back, folks. And welcome back to the Todd Starch Radio Program, and welcome to all of our Newsmax viewers as we simulcast the last hour of the radio show. Hey, this is a, an interesting stat from betonline.org, uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl. And uh, they went and they decided to tally up which NFL fan bases are the biggest Taylor Swift fans. They call them, uh, by the way, uh, Dylan, you may not know this, they're called Swifties. I thought they were Swiffers, but that's that thing that you, uh, that collects dust. You know, it's kind of like a fancy broom. But these are uh, Swifties. Don't be offending those fans now. No, no, no. So it turns out, believe it or not, well, I'm not surprised here, 39% of uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans uh, follow Taylor Swift. But it's number two that gets me, the Philadelphia Eagles. I find that I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It makes sense because the brothers in the podcast. Well, yeah. Well, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I figure they they boot Santa Claus once. So anyway, the, the top five here, we've got the Chiefs, Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys. That explains a lot. The New England Patriots and the Detroit Lions. And so there you go. Uh, but I found this interesting. Uh, Tennessee, the Titans, only 11% towards the bottom. And uh, San Diego, well, Los Angeles Chargers now, only 2% of their fans are Swifties. So there you go. All right. Uh, welcome back to the show. 901-260-5926. Want to go right to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line and say hello to Congressman Kelly Armstrong, a Republican from North Dakota. Congressman, good to have you with us today. Well, thanks to ha- thanks for having me on. I'm not going to ask if you're a Taylor Swift fan. That's that's unfair to ask for the first time out on the show. 
Well, I have a 16-year-old daughter, so it is played in my house, but I think the reason Tennessee might be the lowest is they got some of the best bluegrass country music in the world right in that area. So. Well, this this is true, and uh, and Senator Marsha Blackburn, uh, she took on the Taylor Swift machine and won, so uh, there you go. Uh, that that's a, that's a fair point. So, Congressman, we just saw a, a stunning press conference uh, coming out of the White House where they are now basically siding with Kamala Harris and saying this was a politically motivated hit job, uh, talking about the special uh, special counsel's report that came out yesterday. Well, first of all, the report, I mean, let's not bury the lead on the report. It said that he, uh, the president had willfully and intentionally disclosed classified documents to his ghostwriter, amongst other people that threaten national security. Uh, I, I, seem to, I seem to see a different a scenario where that's going on right now, where there's, there's a federal prosecution. But when you're not going to prosecute somebody, you have to give them a reason why. And obviously this worried the political people in the White House enough to uh, have Joe Biden do a very rare evening press conference that I don't think went very well at all. That, that to me, Congressman, looked like a political hit job. I, I can't imagine why any... Anybody on that staff would have thought it was a good idea to let him go out there, especially at night, especially without uh, the first lady there who's always on hand literally to guide him uh, back to where he needs to go. I'm just wondering, do you think this was maybe a a setup to force him out or at least off the ticket? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I think to some degree or another, he may have demanded doing it. We'll find out later. But either way, I think it just further... I think the reason they're so upset about it is it's because it's not like what they said in the report isn't something that people have been able to see for the in the rare occasions that he's actually out there. I mean, the last week he's referred to a guy, a guy, a French, uh, French president that he met with last week that's been dead for two decades, and he did it twice. Even in the press conference, he, I mean, he 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 stumbled over his words, and, and apparently we're building a wall in Egypt now. Who knew? And Mexico's doing it. I it's um, okay. Mexico's paying for it, I guess. Uh, Congressman, regard you know, and again, it's it's sort of a lose lose for Biden if if you're reading into this. Uh, they're saying the reason why they're not recommending charges is because he's a feeble old man. Well, Biden's out there and his administration. They're saying no, that's not true. He's not feeble. Well, if that's the case, let's prosecute. Well, I, I mean, that's exactly right. And I mean, 18 counts, all of those different issues, you're going to hear you're going to hear the national media and the liberal media expound numerous, numerous. There's going to be a, hundreds of gallons of ink spilled as to why this is so different than President Trump's case. But the problem is, is that the American people aren't buying it because it's not true. And so if you're going to have a reason not to prosecute the president, then you have to have a reason for it. And the reason is not helpful to him politically, but the reason it's not helpful to him politically is because people see it all the time. Uh, whenever he gives an interview, whenever he gets on and off a stage, I mean, it's sad, but it's also true. It's not like it's not like it's a narrative that came out of left field. It's been it's been something that has been available to anybody who pays attention for a very long time. It, it was very clear to me, and and I covered uh, I covered the White House during the the Obama years, and it was very clear to me that somebody turned on the switch for the White House press corps to go after Biden. And CNN was, um, I got to tell you, last night they were pretty tough on Biden. The questions coming out of that press conference today, very tough as well. But I, this is not a coincidence. It certainly looks like this is all orchestrated to, to get Biden to reconsider his plans for 2024. 
Well, and if that's the case, I mean, it should be, and and they're going to have to work their way through it. But I think the real answer is, you know, I was watching one of them this morning when I woke up just so I know who to be mad at for the rest of the day. And they're like, <laughs> the, the response is he needs to get out there and he's got to go uh, do more town halls and do more of those things. I think that, I mean, the happiest person in the world to hear that is President Trump. Because sure. I don't think that's going to help the problem in any meaningful way. In all seriousness, though, Congressman, I think we are dealing with uh, with an issue of national security. I mean, our enemies see this that they 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 saw the report, uh, they saw the president's behavior yesterday. Do you believe that this man is capable of fulfilling his oath of office? Uh, you know, I am. I am. He was elected. I mean, we're at that place. We have an election coming up in November. And I think I, I think the American people should decide this. You know, we had a Supreme Court case that went on yesterday about a bunch of bureaucrats trying to take President Trump off the ballot. Um, we're walking into an election year. And I don't think the, I don't think the American people are going to think that he's capable of running the country. Well, I'm not talking to, Yeah, I'm not talking about Congress getting involved. I mean, there is there yeah. is a course of action here. The 25th Amendment. Uh, the cabinet, his own administration, can decide whether or not he is mentally sound enough to continue with the job. That's what I. That's what I was referring to. Yeah, I just I, I I can't see that thing. I can't see that happening. Walking into an election year, but I think they have real political problems, and they have problems because their policy is terrible. They have problems because uh, the 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 current occupier of the White House cannot communicate in a meaningful way, and we need to do everything we can to make sure President Trump gets elected in November because our country, I mean, our country's at stake. You know, Congressman, speaking of political problems, um, we, Republicans unable to, to impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, and I hear the argument all the time, and, uh, you know, we have everybody, all the Republicans are on the show, they come on and they say the same thing, well, our majority is just not large enough. And I get that. You know, I never heard Nancy Pelosi say those words. And she was able to get a heck of a lot done when she was Speaker of the House. She was. And I'll tell you why. Because it wasn't that she didn't give Republicans a seat. I mean, we're in the minority in Congress. We didn't. But she wouldn't even let her own committee chairs get have any input. She would I mean, she sent everybody home for two years. And she uh, ran stuff off of her printer and down onto the floor of the house. And that, I mean, there's no doubt she was very effective at that. That's just not how democracy is supposed to work. Uh, I think we'll get it done next week. Uh, Majority Leader Scalise is going to be back from his cancer treatment, and I think we'll have I think we'll have a better result as soon as we get back to D.C. next week. All right, real quick before we let you go here, of course, the other big news that came out yesterday: the Supreme Court hearing. If, if my, I was more intrigued by what Elena Kagan had to say more than anyone else, only because she seemed to be asking questions that a that a constitutionalist would be asking. Well, absolutely. Uh, the real reason I turned it on this morning is I wanted to check on the cable news legal analyst this morning and do a welfare check after the last three <laughs> weeks of them talking about the Supreme Court case. But it turns out that when you pass an amendment specifically to take state rights away from states after the Civil War, that you're probably not going to let an unelected bureaucrat in the case of Maine make the determination as to whether a president can be on the ballot. Fair enough. Well, Congressman, we appreciate you coming on the program today. I know it's going to be a busy um, it's it's going to be a busy uh, season for you guys, and of course, hitting the campaign trail as well. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, Congressman Kelly Armstrong uh, from North Dakota. He's a member of House Judiciary and also the Weaponization Committees, uh, weighing in on this crazy Biden press conference last night, and then the White House. Trying to uh, trying to clean it up on aisle six today, and I don't think that worked out. So look, here's the deal: we are going to take your phone calls 
Should Biden be removed from office? Are we better off, at least in the interim, with Kamala Harris in the Oval Office? 901-260-5926. That is the telephone number up on the screen right now. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. Everybody, good to have you with us here on the Todd Stearns Show. By the way, don't forget to bookmark ToddStearns.com. We have a lot of great information for you there. you got to check out the free podcast and the free newsletter coming out every single, well, Monday through Friday, not every single day. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines. Mike in Florida, W-O-C-A is our great affiliate there. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Um, we're definitely experiencing that static you were talking about down here as well. Um, and I also wanted to definitely say, yes, we want um, the President Biden to resign. He needs to move on. But my main thing is the response to the PETA Oklahoma Vegan Ten Commandments. I totally disagree with that, and, and I would like to share my thoughts regarding that. So you disagree. Wait, wait. So you disagree with putting the uh, the ten vegan commandments in the schools, or do you want them in the schools? No, I want them to to um, not go in the schools. Okay, but I, but I I have some comments on that. If I if go I right ahead, yes, all ears, Mike. Okay, God Himself provided animal skins for Adam and Eve. The night of deliverance from Egypt for God's people consisted of consuming fast food, which included lamb. You know, the animals were used to move the ark. Animals were used by a prophet to do plowing. The whole sacrificial sanctuary service, which started with Abel, pointed to Jesus to teach without the shedding of blood, there are no taking away of our sins. John Baptist wore a camel's hair garment, both the mother of Jesus and uh, he himself rode a donkey. And he never reprimanded the disciples for fishing, and he cooked and ate fish. So, so I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to understand your point. So, what? How does this tie in to what? Because Peta is saying that uh, they don't want people eating eating animals. I think that's the whole gist of what they're what they're getting at. And or or even using them in 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 any way, of shape, or form, or even um, handling them at all. And been in, in, or even riding horses, and, and we live down here in the horse capital of the world. And by the way, one last one last thing: when Christ returns, His second coming, He will be riding on a white horse. So either these people aren't Christian, or they don't read their Bible. Uh, well, uh, and well, no doubt about that. They're probably godless, heathen, atheist. Yeah, and they're always in a bad mood because they don't eat meat. Mike, appreciate the call. What was in the New Testament where I think the Lord was getting ready to speak to a, a large, and nobody had any food, and so somebody had a bucket of KFC, and they passed it around, and the bucket never got empty, right? They had biscuits and fried chicken for everybody. It was, It's a miracle. That's in the Southern Standard Version of the Bible, by the way. It's in the New Testament. <laughs> let's go time and get, get in trouble. Uh, let's go to Ray in Michigan. Ray, what say you? Well, I just think after the election said and done, the people that handled Joe Biden should be brought up for elder abuse. I mean, the proof's right out there. Prosecutors do it in counties all the time. 
Well, it's it's of my opinion, Ray, and I wrote this. I wrote a column last night about this on the website. I think the first lady should be charged with elder abuse. I think she ought to be brought up on charges. I mean, you're looking at that. Where we've got the uh, the Newsmax feed up, and and it's got uh, you know the video of Biden falling down at uh, the commencement ceremony. Biden falling asleep, stumbling on stairs. I mean, everybody knows what's going on. Shame on her. Yep. All right, Ray. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Let's go to Laura in California. Hi, Laura. You are on the air. Hi, Todd. Good to see you. Um, I was just finished watching the White House uh, briefing, and they definitely need to um, use the 25th Amendment to impeach Biden. Um, they think the American public is so stupid and that we don't have eyes, we can basically see what's going on with with this. And it's just ridiculous, and it's depressing to even watch. Well, it is. And, and Laura, just, a, just a, a slight correction. This is a matter of not an impeachment, but the cabinet removing him from office. So this would be this would be a majority of the cabinet would have to decide on this. Uh, and if that happens, then, you know, he would be, he would be declared, you know, ineligible to be in office. I mean, the guy's, he's lost his mind. It's, it's a terrible thing. And, uh, you get it. I mean, there's a lot to really dislike Biden over, but you can't blame the guy for, you know, for his mind going kaput. It is, it is what it is. Laura, appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to Joe in Washington. Joe, what say you? Hey, I'm tired of this. I live in a retirement community. I got 60, 70, 80, 90-year-old people who are much more brain capacity than Biden does. So you're saying it's not a matter of age. It's a matter of of competency. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, I'd buy that. I mean, when you turn around and shake hands with nobody there, I mean... That's just wrong. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one, Joe. That's, he did. He turned around yeah. and nobody was there. He, but yeah. maybe, but Joe, I, maybe somebody I was there. I agree with your other caller that, that his family should be pressed. I mean, they should be charged for abuse. Yeah. I, yeah. Who was it? Um, there was a, uh, he was giving a speech and, uh, oh, it was, um, Oh, wow. This was back in 2022. Jackie uh, Walorski, uh, she was in Congress. She uh, died in a car accident, and he was giving a speech in Wisconsin and actually gave her a shout-out in the audience. And she wasn't there, Joe. She was dead. Exactly. <laughs> she was dead. And I got people here that I live with that can tell more Jeez. than Biden never, ever could. I, Joe, I hear you. And, um, look, my gr- grandmother Starnes, uh, lived to be 102 and she lived in a lovely retirement uh, community in Memphis. And, um, she had her faculties about her up until the very end. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really sad what's happening to Biden, but you know, a lot of this is genetics. What are you going to do? You know, your mind goes, your mind's going to go. Joe, appreciate that call. And uh, we sure do appreciate you, uh, uh, hanging out with us today on the radio. Uh, Folks, coming up, uh, we're going to be checking in with Newsmax correspondent Caleb Park. Also, uh, we've got um, a radio rumble. Andy Hoosier from KQAM in Wichita, Kansas. 
and Mark Cox from the morning show over in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I'm sure we'll be asking about the big Super Bowl. We've got some great stories to cover with those guys as well. Folks, it has been a wild week heading out to Los Angeles in just a couple of hours. Looking forward to speaking to a lot of Republicans in Valencia over in Santa Clarita. And uh, we'll have a great time. So I hope I run into some of you fine folks at the airport or at the gala. want to thank our great team, Grace and Dylan, Dalton and Lydia. And Alan, thanks a lot, everybody. It's been another great, great week of radio. You folks have a great Friday. Whatever you do, be sure to go to church this weekend, too. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.